Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. Producing an arsenal that will close off all the barriers to purchase or the, the post-purchase remorse. You know, let's get those dialed in. Let's let's treat this as almost onboarding for the prospects. Welcome back to Hits Up. Joining me today is British podcaster. You may have seen him as that British podcast guy. You may have seen me tweet out a very old picture of him with frosted tips. I am talking, of course, of Mark Lesquith. And Mark, I hope I said your name correct there. And we're going to get into that as we discuss some podcasting tips because you're also a serial entrepreneur. You've built several very successful businesses since you quit your last real job almost two decades ago. Right now, you are the CEO and co-founder of Rebel Base Media, a podcast tech and strategy company that owns Captivate.fm, a podcast host, productivity, podcast websites, Podcast Success Academy, and Rebel Base Studios. And you're just generally known as an insightful, thought-provoking, and actionable podcast industry speaker. And you're also a wildly approachable Brit and a Star Wars slash DC Comics geek that believes good business starts with being good to people. And I couldn't agree more. So Mark, welcome. And I hope, I hope I pronounced your last name right. You did. You nailed it. Well done. Let's jump into it and get really into the tactical side of things because one question that I've been getting lately is how can consumer brands use podcasts? And I think that a lot of people have heard ads for stamps.com on podcasts or even the Quip toothbrush. I'd love to turn it over to you just to hear a little bit from the real podcast expert how consumer brands can use podcasts. Yeah, it's an interesting time for consumer brands when it comes to podcasting. I mean, it's an interesting time for consumer brands overall, especially the ones that have perhaps relied a little bit more on the in-person experience over the last 18 months. And I think that's where podcasting certainly fits in. You know, if we just kind of preface this with the idea that, you know, brand recall is exceptionally high when it comes to podcasting and audio. The fact that podcast listeners are generally, if you look at some of the Triton and the Edison research, generally, you know, reasonably well-educated, reasonably well-to-do, you know, have a decent chunk of disposable income. Suddenly, you've got a pretty attractive prospect as an advertiser. I think there are really three ways that consumer brands can use podcasting, and we can go into either or all of these in a, in a little bit more depth, but it's, it's number one, of course, it's the advertising. You know, it's leveraging other people's platforms to dynamically insert yourself, natively insert yourself into a podcast episode to get you in front of people. So stamps.com advertise on law, which is the Aramanki folklore podcast. It's a nice fit. It fits. You see it with Squarespace. You see it with you know, all sorts of different people, and they're, they're relatively well-targeted. So that's the first thing, is leveraging other audio to move into the psyche of the potential consumer. You know, it's all about that brand recall. Uh, the second way to do it is, well, the second and third ways are, are really about production and being the people that will, number one, tell the stories, and number two, answer the questions. And the first, the kind of first variant of that, which is, is the second way they can use them, is actually producing their own content. You know, so we've got some DC brands using Captivate, which is our hosting platform, and, and you know, we've got people like Pets at Home who do the Puppy Podcast and the mm -hmm. Kitten Podcast. It's, it's exceptionally well-targeted. And 
I suppose the third way is on the back of that, where if you produce your own content as a direct-to-consumer branding, you choose to go down the entertainment and storytelling angle. There's nothing wrong with that because some brands really fit that market exceptionally well. So if you've got like a financial institution, sure, you can, you know, you can stretch, I guess, to storytelling and you can probably partner with an agency on it and come up with something. But the other way of doing it, and I suppose the easiest way, just be there to answer the questions, you know, pick, pick the FAQs and go through them and produce content that, that hits that mark. That's sort of the baseline from a content production perspective for a direct-to-consumer business or a brand is producing an arsenal that will close off all the barriers to purchase or the, the post-purchase remorse. You know, let's get those dialed in. Let's let's treat this as almost onboarding for the prospects. So they're the three ways, you know, just to very, very quickly recap that, advertise and leverage other people's podcasts. Number two, go ahead and produce your own story-based or entertainment-based podcast, or as a worst case, the most simple version of production is FAQs. You know, get the information in front of people. So we, we see a range of people doing a range of those things. That's really interesting. The FAQs, I, I didn't even think of that, but it makes total sense. And I'm sure that you've, we would probably chat about it a little bit before, but I've been going down the, the NLP rabbit hole, not of natural language processing, but neuro-linguistic programming. And there's about a third of the population where audio just really resonates. And I think the FAQ is interesting if you have a little bit more of a technical product, something that's a little bit harder to necessarily understand and see the value. Here's how to just take care of it. So you're showing both that product adoption and maintenance and care so that the product lasts uh, a long time and customers are, are very happy with it. I think what's interesting about that is that if you're a pretty savvy brand, let's assume that, you know, the cooking stuff is a great example of that. You know, I'm looking at, I need a new griddle pan. I want a new griddle pan because I need to, you know, I want to cook whatever I want to cook on it. I've been thinking about it for a long time and, you know, I'm looking at a, a, a range of them, you know, from anywhere from like 20 bucks up to like 300 bucks. I'm the kind of idiot that spends. So theoretically, you know, if I'm targeted with decent content, because I will go down the research path, I won't just buy the first one. You know, if Le Creuset can come along and say, look, actually, here's the 50 recipes that you can get started with. Here's the maintenance and care that means that that 200 bucks gets turned into 20 bucks a year for the next 10 years rather than 20 pans per year for the next 10 years. Suddenly, you've got a much different pitch to that you've got a much different approach to it and you very interestingly become part of that brand you know and that's the key thing whatever brand you're into whether it's Hoyer watches whether it is music man bases whether it's tailor-made golf whether it is the crusade cookware we all want to feel part of that brand and i think audio as, as you alluded to with the nlp side of it the sheer intimacy of the audio and hearing that information is paramount i think as brands move forward with consumer relationships and just a, an, another kind of interesting example on this one. It's not a, a direct consumer brand at all, but a chap that I know on Twitter, a guy called Rick McAvoy, he runs a Photography Explained podcast. And, I'm, you know, I like a bit of photography. I've got a couple of cameras, go out and you just enjoy it. But, I, you know, I don't know everything about it. I sometimes start to ask questions about certain things. And he just smashes out very quick insights, six-minute insights. What is a prime lens? What is aperture? What is a 1.4? What, what's the vignetting happening on this wide-angle lens? And like he, he really hammers these small things home. But really, that should be Canon doing that. That should be Olympus. That should be Nikon. And it's not about the sale. It's about the positioning. It's about the being a part of something. And I, I think a lot of brands are just starting to wake up to that. And I think that short-form content 
is massive because I'll consume 10 of those episodes on my way to work. It's a lot easier for customers to be loyal and be really into your brand if they understand how to be successful, where if you can take a photo, post it to Instagram, it gets a lot of engagement, or you just share it privately and people say, wow, how did you take this? And it might just be that you finally figured out how to work an F-stop. But sometimes you just need to hear what it is a, a few times and just really understand how to leverage those tactics or or those tools or know what a different lens will do. And sometimes it's hearing that description of, well, you know how sometimes you'll see someone and they look really crystal clear, but the background is all blurry. Well, this is why that looks good and here's how to do it. So Canon, you know, is a great example of that, you know, to hit me early with a podcast that doesn't explain how just to get the most out of their lenses, but explains what an F-stop is, explains its relationship to the ISO, explains its relationship to the, to the shutter speed. And that all that stuff that a new podcaster will, doesn't need to be shown, but that can be explained audibly on a drive is something that is such a vital step in that early consumer relationship, especially when you are a direct consumer brand where once you've got brand buy-in, it's rare that you will change. You know, people think of content as something that's tough. You know, so a lot of a lot of direct to consumer brands in particular, anything that's like FMCG is tough because it's it's so fast paced and so transient in terms of the consumption that what you tend to find is that that like content becomes this big word that is like ah oh, crap you know we've got to work on producing this content rather than just saying well look what have we already got it's not a big content strategy it's more about just being top of mind so i think that's also the other thing from a direct consumer perspective is where does this fit into the funnel? And I think podcasting can fit, of course it can fit in lower down the funnel. Of course you can get more specificity on your questions. But actually, you know, the easiest way, the lowest hanging fruit is just to take the things that you're already doing and just grab a bit of audio while you're doing the other stuff. And especially if you're in a direct-to-consumer business where you can have very prominent partners and influencers and people that general public will know. Podcasting doesn't need to be this entire division or this entire arm of marketing. It can be it can be the video people that get you started. It can be the content team that get you started without much more work. It doesn't need to be that complex. So that that's what I find fascinating. Like that's normally the biggest stopper because people think it's this whole other thing, which it can be. You know, it can scale into that, but many DTC brands can get so many quick wins from just being present with content that they're already doing. Just, I couldn't agree more. I don't want it to turn into a, an echo chamber of me just agreeing loudly with what with what you're saying. One thing that I'd love to to hit on in the last few minutes here is just, do you have any general podcasting tips? I was listening to your show recently. You had a great episode about growth without publishing more episodes. If in two minutes, you had a, a couple podcasting tips like we talked about, but you're going to be Phil Mickelson now. What would your couple of podcasting tips be to just help someone get unstuck and, and see success with their pod? Well, I think the, the, the first thing to understand is that more is not better. You know, in fact, it's probably less is more. The quality of content is so good that it has to be listened to. That's the key thing. You know, if you look at someone like Dan Carlin, who produces Hardcore History, you know, these are three, four hour episodes that frankly come out whenever he puts them out. You know, there is no rhyme, reason or schedule. And that's all right. 
it because they're great. So that's the first thing is that more is not better, but that's our natural reaction to when things aren't going well. We think, oh crap, maybe we're not publishing enough, maybe we're not doing enough. We should do some more. Uh, that's that's not going to work. The second thing is that we talked about this sort of earlier. I talked about how I'd done some work on kind of demystifying some of the crappy gurus out there. It's really about understanding when things like the NLP are in play, when things like course sale that will benefit the course creator is in play versus actually building a skill set. And the takeaway from that one is building a skill set is always going to win. So what I'm talking about there is that if we continue to use the, the kind of marketing analogy, you know, what what would you want to do? Would you want to get some short-term results but not know how you've got them? Or would you want to learn some skills that will continually enable you to get skills in whatever it is that you do? To grow your podcast is no is no different to growing a business or a YouTube channel or a cafe or a, a local business or whatever it is, a marketing agency. It's all the same and it's skills-based. So learn those skills. You'll be surprised at what happens when you suddenly write an episode title that is good. The downloads will go up. It's inevitable. And you know what? Also as well, that, that leads me to another interesting point, which is slightly off topic, but I think is important as an overarching theme, which is don't compromise on your brand standards. Your listener is giving you their time. If you shortchange them, they ain't giving you the time anymore. So never, ever shortchange people. Never compromise on it. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Pit Stop. Where can people listen to you if I brought you some new listeners? What's the best place to find you and just hear more of what you're up to? Yeah, thanks, Lucas. This is a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, love love what you're doing and how you do it. The easiest place is Twitter. Don't want to give too many calls to action. That's one lesson that I always teach. Just have a, head over to Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. We can have a good conversation. You know, all my podcast episodes are there as well. So I'll be there, at Mr. Asquith on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Make sure you're subscribed if you're listening to this episode. And of course, don't forget to share it with your mother-in-law. OmniSend doesn't just automate your marketing, they integrate with best-in-class apps like Smile, Gorgeous, Recharge, Shopify, and more. Easily migrate to OmniSend and join 70,000 customers, from baking steel to the Lakers store, and automate your marketing without frustrating your customers by being relevant and timely. Get started today for free with email, SMS, and web push notifications over at OmniSend.com. Triple Well is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewell.com and sign up today.